1: Hey, welcome, everybody, inside the steam room. I am ready for today. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson, uh, this uh, this weekly gathering to just kind of
2: talk about stuff. Yeah, special... J-J-,
1: J.J. Watt is going to be joining us, uh, CBS football analyst. He's
2: joining uh stealing money, just like the rest of us. Yes, uh, just like you guys do. Yes, you do like uh, us guys did. Yeah, I know, we all do. So you're you're all
1: charged up. You're ready to go. I, I can only imagine uh, how it's long a lot, Ernie.
2: first of all is going to go. You know, because when my first of all stuff happened. Oh, you're not even going with the phone this time. No. You're
1: going back to the crinkled yellow paper. I got a lot. Is this a good thing or a bad thing that you got a lot?
2: This It's, it's a good thing. There's some really good stuff on here.
1: Glad it's a little piece uh, of I'm yellow start paper. start
2: with the seriousness. I want to give a shout out to Sarah Seidner. Uh, The CNN anchor. I just want to tell her I'm thinking about her. The cancer diagnosis. Yes. And her coming out publicly saying she's got stage three breast cancer, the way she handled it with class and dignity. I just want to tell her, I I, I reached out to her just to tell her, man, what a gutsy thing to get on television and say. I wish her nothing but the best. Uh, She's obviously very talented. And she's part of our family at CNN. I just want to wish her nothing but the best and say, hey, girl, you go, girl. Amen. Yes. Two guys who are coming back to the PGA tour. One guy's a friend of mine, Gary Woodland. Yeah. You know, he had brain surgery, he had the tumor. Uh, he's been out for a while. He's going to make his uh, return to the tour. So uh, I'm really excited to watch Gary play, man, because, man, he's such a good dude, and obviously he's a major champion. But, man, your health is the most important thing, so I'm glad to have him back. Same thing with Will Zalatoris. You know, he missed really all last year with back surgery. Load of talent, Will talent. Yeah, Will Zalatoris, load of talent. Glad to have both of those guys back. So, obviously, two of the GOATs retired in the last 24 hours, I don't want to leave Coach Carroll out in Seattle, who's had an amazing, legendary career—one of three coaches who won a national championship and a Super Bowl. Right, that's pretty incredible. So, shout out to Coach Carroll on a wonderful career. But obviously, you know these next two guys are very personal—personal personal for me. Uh, coach Saban, the greatest college football coach ever. What he's accomplished, uh, even though he's at my arch rival, I got nothing but respect for this man. He's incredible. I consider him a, a friend. And, you know, I'll tell you a couple quick Coach saving stories, one of the reasons I admire him. He called me a couple times to speak to his team. One time he had called just to talk to him about being competitive because wrestling sports really are. You do your best, you compete whatever happens, happen. But this is the reason I got done love and respect for the guy. He called me and said, hey, I need a favor. I said, coach, anything. He says, I would like you to come speak to my team about being black in America with all this George Floyd stuff going on. And I'm like, coach, it would be an honor and a privilege. And some of these kids, man, they were asking me such great questions. They're like, well, how do I respond when some of these fans are using racial slurs when they sit and talk to me on the internet and things like that? I says, well, listen, I'm not foolish enough to think some of these fans, uh, they are racist and it's unfortunate they're just idiots. I said, but you play for the guy next to you because, you know, these kids, man, they're human. They're human beings. And when some of this racial stuff go down, they need to be heard, they need good advice, and Coach Saban says, hey, I'm a 66, some something year old white guy, I don't know what it's like to be black. And for him to take the time to call me, and I think he has some other, uh, I think Herm Edwards might have been there, I think Condoleezza Rice got to speak to the, like, what's it like to be black in this environment? So I just want to say thank you to Coach Saban for reaching out to me. And, man, what a great career. I consider myself very
1: fortunate to have, like you, to have uh, spoken to the Alabama football team. And just as I said that night, it's like if Nick Saban says, would you speak to my team, it's like it's it's not a yes or no answer. It's what time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. And he's – Beyond impressive, you sit there with him for twenty, thirty minutes as I did before I before I spoke to the team, and you just get a such a feel for the way he goes about his business. Yes. Um the system that he runs, everything on time. It yes. was it was an amazing it yeah. was an amazing it thing was to amazing. watch.
2: And you know, I got some heat from Auburn fans. I said, Well, first of all, like Ernie said if Nick Saban called, you're going to take the call. I said, I said I'm said i just glad he didn't ask me to cut his grass. Because <laughs> I would have cut his grass, too. If Coach Saban said, Chuck, would you come over and cut my grass? Coach, I'll be there. Just tell me what time to be there. <laughs> so, Coach Saban, congratulations on an amazing career. You're the greatest to ever do it. Enjoy retirement with those grandbabies and have fun, brother, on the lake. And last and definitely not least, you guys know that me and Coach Belichick are friends. Yeah, you've been up there for ball games and yes, stuff. Yes, we met before he won Super Bowl. We, we became friends when he was in Cleveland. Right. And I just want to say to him, man, what an honor and a privilege to consider you a friend. You and Coach Saban, y'all the GOATs. He's the greatest college coach, you're the greatest pro coach. To win six Super Bowls, to be in nine, that's incredible. To know that they grew up coaching together and really have the same personality and apparently they're really, really close close friends. I just want to say thank you to the best to ever do it. Uh, And, man, I know you want to coach some more. I hope you are able to do whatever you want to do. You've earned that right. I know you're about 16, 17 wins behind Don Shula as the most wins ever. And I hope you get that record on your own terms. So shout out to Coach Belichick, Coach Saban, Coach Carroll, and man, what a crazy couple days it's been. Yeah, crazy 24 hours right there, man. I know. It was, yeah, it was non-stop. We should appreciate greatness. And what we saw from Coach Saban and Coach Belichick was greatness. That's what greatness looks like. Great is not you lucking up and win one championship, being consistently great for X amount of years. That's what greatness is. You know who was great for 12 years?
1: Who's that? J.J. Watt. Oh, he was great. When he played in the NFL yes, for 12 seasons. Three. I defensive a Three-time players?
2: defensive player that's of the a, year. That's incredible. Yeah.
1: And he's going to join us next. All right. Right here on the my Steam neighbor.
2: Room. He's my neighbor. And he's ducking, Chuck.
0: <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project,
1: We welcome you back to the Steam Room, and uh, boy, you got to go back a few years, Chuckster, uh, to recall the first time that our our guest yes. appeared on the Steam Room. We were only. What, 15 episodes in, and now we're at 107 or
2: something like and that. And now he's officially a crook, just like us. He getting paid to watch sports. Yeah, and talk the, about the, it. Yeah, that's the best crooked job in the world. It certainly is.
1: J.J. Watt, uh, since you have been on the show before, I don't need to remind you of the only steam room rule, which would be keep your towel on. So we appreciate you being here. One of the greatest... Defensive players in the history of this yes. game. Hey, and now working for CBS. Hey, so how out.
2: is it still in money getting paid to watch football now? It's uh, it's an incredible job. I'm just honestly trying not to say
3: anything that'll get you to punch me in the face. That's all. I just don't <laughs> want to be punched. <laughs>
1: I've been with him for more than twenty years. He hasn't punched me in the face yet. So
3: nobody's gonna punch you in the face, Ernie. You're you're like, you're a legend. You're a You're everybody's favorite. You are Ernie Johnson, the great. So nobody's ever going to punch you in the face. Don't worry.
1: I'm going to give you 20 minutes to quit talking like that. Okay, so um, uh, so so tell me what it's what it's been like and what's the learning curve been like on the TV thing? and, And how do you get your footing and feel comfortable doing that?
3: You know it's fascinating. I really, I really do enjoy it. Uh, you never know what it's going to be like once you retire, and obviously you miss the locker room, you miss the camaraderie, you miss those types of things. But especially being on CBS with the guys. I mean, I'm with Hall of Famers. You know, Phil and Boomer and Coach and Nate. It's a, it's such a great. And then we got JBOs and all. It's every Sunday that I'm in there. It's just like you're hanging with the guys. You're watching football. We got every single game on, and we're talking about plays. We're talking about guys, and it's just a lot of fun to break it all down. Um, and bounce stuff off each other. I mean, I'm asking Coach Cower about Super Bowls and what was it like to have Jerome Bettis in your locker room and was Troy polamalu all these different questions. And it's so much fun to be able to chat on such a high level with those guys.
1: Do you have to go to the production meeting? Because Chuck doesn't go to the production meeting on
3: our show. <laughs> yeah, we can tell on TV. We can tell Chuck doesn't go. <laughs> Um, yes, yes, I do go to the meetings, right? It's a, you guys know it's a blast trying to figure out like, okay, what are we going to talk about? What do we, what do we want to highlight? For me, some of the fun things have been able to highlight some guys that don't necessarily get the national shine all the time. There's a lot of great players, uh, that don't necessarily fall into the national narrative. And I really enjoy trying to highlight some of those guys as well.
2: You know, I was watching you the other day. I think you were on Pat show. Uh, I think it was Pat show. You were talking about how excited you were to see your former team. You know, obviously with the addition of CJ uh, and D'Amico, who's done a fabulous job, you were so proud of their success. What's that been like uh, for you?
3: Yeah, they've gone through such a tough time these last few years. There's no denying it. it's It's not been good down there for a little bit. So for me – Knowing that city and having such a connection and loving those fans and loving everybody down there, it feels so good to have that passion, that energy, that excitement back in that city. D'Amico Ryan deserves so much credit for what's going on down there. Just the way that he has come into that building and commanded the level of respect because of who he is, because of the knowledge that he has, because of the passion that he has, and because of the way he can relate to people and the way he can lead people. D'Amico's an incredible person. And then obviously he's got an incredible quarterback in CJ who also gets it from a person standpoint. He gets it from a teammate standpoint and he knows what it means to this city. So it's really cool to watch these two guys kind of rebuild the special things that I knew Houston has
2: in them and I've experienced in Houston and hopefully and most likely take it to even new height. You know, before uh, we start being fun and having asking you about the playoff this weekend and things like that, I got to give you and your brothers some shit. Do y'all only do, do y'all, <laughs> they, do y'all, do y'all, do y'all only do food commercials? I
3: mean, we're, we're fat boys at heart, Chuck. So what do you want? Thank like, you. I can't believe you don't have more food commercials. I see the subway once.
2: We've seen enough of those, haven't we? Come on. You know, you know, you and your brothers, it's an amazing story. What's it like to have three brothers play in the NFL? That's incredible, number one. To have one family member play a pro sport, but to have two other brothers, what's that like? What's the dinner conversation like when the Watt brothers get together? It's the coolest thing in the world, man. It truly is because
3: we can talk about things that nobody else in the world understands or can talk about. Like, you know, you have your teammates and guys that you played with that you can talk about or you can talk to other professional athletes. We can literally sit around the dinner table as brothers and bring up things that Nobody else understands things in the locker room talking about, I mean, little things like playing boo ray We can talk about that. Like, and we know what each other's talking about. We can share stories about bus rides and plane rides, or if you're going through something like right now, TJ is obviously going through a little bit of an injury that he suffered the last game. And we can talk through what's the best way to get through that. How do you handle that mentally? What's the best way to get over that? Um, So it's been really, really cool. We can also push and motivate and inspire each other. I think that there's times where, we're down or maybe you're not feeling like a workout, um, but your brother lifts you up or we go lift together and maybe you wouldn't have got that one extra rep, but you had to beat, I had to beat TJ or I was a little bit behind in the race and I had to catch up and we make each other better. I think that's the coolest part of it all. And we're also going to have memories to share for a lifetime and things to look back on and discuss. There's really nothing like it. And I still, as we understand how special and how cool it is, but I still don't think that we truly have a grasp on how incredible and fun this all is. We talked about uh, Blood Brothers and
1: how how uh, special that is and the things you can share. But the locker room brotherhood uh, and help me with the name. I was I was watching the Texans the other night against the Colts because that was a fun game to watch because yes, because you lose and you're out. And the way that game ended on that, that little pass. And I don't know who the guy is who, tw- yeah. who who couldn't catch the pass for Indianapolis.
2: Well, It wasn't a perfect pass. It wasn't
1: it wasn't perfect, but it was just you yeah. got to catch that ball. So yep. so, what's that vibe like in the locker room after the game, J.J.? Do you try to – do you
3: leave him alone? Do you go hug him? What do you do? It's tough, man. It's so tough. I've, I've done probably the wrong thing every time because there is no right thing to do. Like, yes, you go over there, you tell him, hey, man, it's not just one play. It's on all of us. No one play loses the game. But he knows that. Like, he he doesn't want to hear that. So then you, you, you sometimes you leave him alone, but maybe the guy just needed a shoulder or somebody to talk to, you know. It's every guy is different. Also, like I remember one time there was a kicker uh, that missed a big kick in a game and I went over and I tried to be like, hey, man, don't worry. We got your back. He was not the guy to do that to. He did not want any of that. He was like, just leave me in my zone. I got this. I'll figure this out for the next one. Um, And that's part of the beauty of the locker room. You got to figure out each guy. You got to figure out what makes each guy tick, what makes each guy. Sometimes you do have to take a young guy who is. Maybe more emotional and me- needs a little bit more support, and you got to go over there and put your arm around them and say, "Hey, it's okay." You know, lead them through the situation. Other guys, sometimes guys are motivated with a little shit talk. Maybe you're like, "Hey, man, that one hit you in the hands. What happened?"
0: <laughs> <And> some <laughs> guys right. are
3: motivated like right. like that. You know, like so it's 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 different. I I actually go back to the broadcasting and the locker room. I have a question for you guys because I, obviously you guys have one of the best shows going on television. You guys are absolutely incredible at what you do. How have you guys been so successful at transitioning that from the locker room and some of that locker room type talk and camaraderie into your show, and obviously portraying it to America because people love your show because of how close you guys are and how much shit you can talk to each other. Sorry. Yeah.
2: No. No. no, no that's I, fine. No. But we, I think we, that's, we we love to talk shit. No, but uh, I think <laughs> I think
3: it isn't.
1: It, it's an extension of
3: the locker room for
1: these guys.
2: It, you know, it, a lot it, of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes too. It is. It's it, it's it's great. You know, JJ, you said you said something very interesting because Rick Mahorn, Dan Marley, Derek Smith, rest in peace. I, I believe in yelling and screaming. When guys, and that was probably the hardest thing for me. Dr. J had to say, hey, Chuck, you need, being the leader of a team, you got to learn who you can scream at and who guys you need to pat on the back. Because when I wasn't playing good, Dan Marley would rip me a new ass. He like, yo, man, you, you're the best player. Do something. Do something. Same thing with Mahorn. Same thing with Derek Smith. But then when I became a leader, like certain guys, I was like yo man, come on, we need you. Come on, you have to pat him on the back. So that's the hardest thing you have to figure out when you're on a team. The notion that you can treat everybody the same is just total BS.
3: Yeah, I had a coach tell me something one time, very similar to what you're saying, because I'm I'm a guy that's I, I was always believed my just the way that my parents raised me was you got to put in the work. And I knew maybe I wasn't the most talented. Maybe I wasn't the most athletic, but I was always going to put in that work. So I was going to be first in last out, all that type of stuff. So I tried to hold everybody else to that standard. And that's just not the way everybody, some people are operated different. Some people don't need to be all the extra work. They're just great. So a coach told me this one time, uh, he said, if you hold everybody to the level you hold yourself, you're always going to be disappointed and you're never going to be a great leader. So I had to learn that, even though not everybody was built like me, or not everybody had the same mentality as me, or maybe I've trained this way and they train that way, and it was just as effective. It was just different than the way I trained. I had to learn that that's okay. And I just need to handle that differently. I can't get mad at a guy for showing up at 7 30 just because I was there at six. Maybe he does everything different. Maybe he stays till later in the end of the day. Maybe he does extra work at home. So, I had to learn that which was a really hard thing for me to learn but it did make me a better leader once I understood it.
1: Yeah, JJ isn't that some, you know, that I think that goes into the uh thinking of a lot of times great players don't make great coaches because things come so easy to some great players yeah. that you can't, they can't understand why can you not do that. That that comes second nature to me.
2: But his point with the coach was 100% correct. First yeah. of all, this guy obviously won the best to ever do it first ballot Hall of Famer. Like the notion that all the other defensive linemen, just cause you yell at them, can play at his level. That's absurd. I mean, that, that you have to learn. Yeah,
3: that's why I don't play Madden or any, because I can't control the player the same way that I can play in real life, and I get pissed at myself.
2: Come on, JJ, you don't play video games because you're a grown ass man. <laughs> I've never played video. I never. There are a lot of grown ass men who play those games. I've never, you know, I've never played video games. Never played a video game. Never played a video game. Yeah. When's the last time you played a video game, JJ?
3: Uh, it was. So I used to have this thing. When I got hurt, that was the only time I would ever play a video game because I needed some form of competition or something to keep my mind going, because I would go crazy sitting in my house having to rehab and not being able to be a part of something. So I did play Call of Duty. Um, probably like, I 16, maybe the last time, but that was the only thing as I needed a way to like stay connected in some way. And in today's world, obviously a bunch of the younger guys all play. So it was a way for me to get on the headset, play with some of the guys, get a little competition and
2: not sit there with my own thoughts and be depressed about my injury. Hey, you said something about that. You had some, some serious injuries. What was the low point on one of your injuries?
3: Man, there's been a few, um, I think in 2016, was probably was probably near the low point. I mean, I had a whole mess of injuries to finish the 2015 season. I still finished it, um, but I mean, I had all sorts of wild stuff in the 2015 season. I had a broken hand, had both my lower abs off the bone, had my groins were off the bone, um, had all sorts of just wild, wild stuff going on in that season. So I had to get a bunch of that fixed, and then I came back in 2016 and had my back, and my back, was it was done and it was just really, really hard. And that was honestly um my wife is a massive, massive help during that time because I know if I was by myself during that time, but if I didn't have her uh to help me through all that, it would have been a really, really dark place. And I already was in a dark place. But without her to and she had been through an injury herself. She had an ACL in her soccer career. So she she knew what that was like, and she knew what the feelings and what the emotions were like. So she was able to, on days where I was struggling, pick me up. Uh, and I wouldn't have made it without her. But, uh, yeah, the, I don't miss the dark days. And that's also part of the reason you retire, is you don't you don't want to have to go
2: through that. You, you know, number one, I want to congratulate you on retiring when you still have some gas left in the tank. But my question is, when you're in that dark place, and that's what retirement is, When you're sitting in that room, whether it's with your wife or by yourself, and you're like, it's over. I tell people, it's hard to get the words out. I mean, because when I I was like, I got to retire. And I remember sitting there crying by myself saying like, I can't do this anymore. And it's a really dark place. When did you... Whether you were by yourself or you were with your wife, once you you like, hey, it's over for me?
3: Yeah, I think honestly what you're talking about is part of the reason I retired when I did is because I did not want to let it get to the point where my body in the game told me I couldn't do it anymore. I wanted to make the decision myself. And so going into this year, I knew, or going into last season, I knew let's have ourselves a great year. Let's, let's leave it all out there. And if you're proud of everything that you've done and if you're proud of the season you've had, let's call it here. Because at some point in the next couple of years, maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's just your body starting to slow down, whatever it may be. You know, you're getting up there you're 33 years old at the time. And I wanted to make the decision on my own. And I also think that's a massive part of the reason why I'm not struggling too bad with it from a mental standpoint now. Like, because I know I could still do it if I wanted to yet I chose not to. It wasn't my body saying no, and that's the thing I'm happy about, and that's why I'm okay with it. Now, are there times throughout this year where I was like, I can get two sacks in this game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've definitely had those. And I, I've said it before publicly, so I got no problem saying it. And Chuck, you, you understand this. The, one of the hardest days for me was when free agency opened in March, and I called my agent, and I was like, hey, just curiosity. Like, let's say I didn't retire this year. How much would I have gotten? when he told me that number there was a little tear shed there was a little <laughs> tear shed at that point yes. <laughs> hey
2: every, every time i see one of these guys get a new cut like yesterday Kawhi Leonard got 3 years 153 million dollars i was like mama mama why can you just hold out a little while <laughs> Along, 3 years 3 some years for some of the longest labor in the history of medicine yeah, yeah like but i, I said man sports are so amazing uh you know, what was your biggest deal? I made five million dollars one year. That was it. After sixteen years. I five million, and I, and I'm, I'm not poo-pooing on $5 million, but that's, yeah. pay, that's pay the no. cash right now Chuck in the Starr, NBA. Chuckster,
1: you would make seven and a half this, this, at this point.
2: Ernie, no, I've, yeah. I've told you. <laughs> hey, Ernie, I've told you this on the air. If I played today, I'd be going to the game of the spaceship. The spaceship. Yeah, I'd be I know, going to the exactly. game of the spaceship. Not hey, a car, a spaceship. Hey, me I am, and Judy Jetson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, I got a question for you. You talked
1: about injuries and stuff. But tell me, what's the most painful thing that you've
3: experienced on a football field? Honestly, the little things are more painful than the big things because sometimes the big things are so like quick and traumatic that it's it, you almost go straight into shock and you don't feel the pain. So like I broke my leg, not it was painful but it wasn't like unbelievable. I tore my pec and literally didn't even know I tore my pec off the bone. That's how clean and easy that one was. I played the next play. Little things, man. My fingers, my fingers always hurt the worst. Like you hit a finger on a helmet um, or you get stepped on or whatever it may be. The little things. all oh, you get hit in the shin. If you ever catch like a helmet to the shin, like I always look at these MMA fighters and they catch those those kicks right to the shin. I'm like,
2: one of those. I'm tapping, just straight <laughs> out of this cage. I don't want to do it anymore. He's right about so, yeah, that. It's little things. Yeah. yeah. He, because like I somebody stomped on my big toe, and my toenail came off. And the doctor says, uh, "Well, how long you think you're gonna be out?" I said, "Dude, I'm not missing a game for a damn toe." He's like excuse me, I said said, doc, I'm not gonna miss a game for a toe. He says, well, okay, let's try to put on your shoe. I tried to put on my shoe, I had a little problem, had to take all the laces out, and then I laced it back up. Then I took my first step, I went down like somebody shot me. So how much time did you miss? I missed like 10 days, (laughs) but but he's right. Because when you have a foot or a hand it's unbelievable how much pain you're in. I agree with him on on both of those. That that toe, that big toe, and one of your fingers hurt. Because you, you obviously you can't dribble a basketball. Your damn fingers are hurt.
1: So, uh, in the time we got left, let's get into let's get into football this weekend.
2: I hate that I'm gonna ask you this question because I know what your answer is gonna be. Cause ask it anyway. Are my Eagles dead? <sighs> They're
3: struggling, man. They are <laughs> struggling. <laughs> Uh, it is pretty wild. You know, we had this conversation on CBS last week, and one of the interesting things about the Eagles, I me, mean, obviously they lost both four years. That's a huge deal. But they started the year really strong. So you're like, okay, they're fine. They're, they're bounced back, and there's no problem. But the thing that I've noticed with them is last year, they would play the game however the game needed to be played to win that week. So what I mean is, if there's a team that struggled against the run, they would lean heavily on the run, and they wouldn't be bashful about it. They didn't care. It wasn't about... You know, making sure that we get this many passes downfield or whatever it may be. They were like, we're just gonna run the ball and we're gonna win the game with our running game. This year, they don't seem to be doing that. They seem to just more kind of be trying to take some of these really big shots down the field. They haven't been connecting on them, and then they're getting themselves in tough situations behind the sticks. And then obviously also their defense hasn't been playing anywhere near the level of played last year, which is hard to do. Their front last year was unbelievable. They had 70 sacks. This year they only have 41. 41 still a respectable year, but it's very, very hard to replicate last year. So I'll never say they're dead because they know what it's like to win the playoffs. Those guys in that locker room, they have that. And I think Jalen has that. You know, when it's go time, it's go time. But they are struggling, man.
1: Who's winning the whole thing?
3: Hey, man. I mean, it is very difficult for me to say anybody but the one seeds right now. I mean, the Niners and the Ravens just look so good. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs, but if you ask me today right now, who am I taking? I won't, I got Lamar winning this first one.
2: Saban, Belichick. Yeah, man. That will like you. We, we cannot have you on here and not mention Saban and Belichick. It's incredible. I mean, two of the greatest of all time, two of the absolute legends and
3: stalwarts of the game. I mean, I've seen that graphic where for like twenty years it was like. If, Saban didn't win the national championship. Belichick won the Super Bowl. And if Belichick didn't win the Super Bowl, Saban won the national championship. I mean, it's very hard to understate how monumental those two men have been to the game of football or what they've done. Uh, obviously, Belichick is going to go on and coach somewhere else next year, but Saban, sounds like, is obviously retiring. So uh, just two incredible men. And I think that two men that it seems, I don't know, again, I haven't played for either of them, but it seems have a very old school style of just, we are going to study harder, work harder, practice harder, focus on the fundamentals, do everything the way that it's supposed to be done. And obviously I've had unbelievable success with it. And maybe, you know, in today's world, that's it's, there's different ways to relate to kids and there's different ways, but I think that they've clearly had so much success for such a long time that they've, they know the secret sauce and maybe it just comes down to truly being better at the fundamentals and being better at, every aspect of success than other people last thing
1: biggest tip you ever got as a pizza delivery man in college
3: <laughs> oh i i'll tell you my my high of my system because it was so this was 2008 just so you got to take the money you know wherever right. it was then um a three dollar tip was like the standard good tip like it was always happy and very thankful for a three dollar tip a five dollar tip is like oh wow I might get myself something nice there. This is great. (laughs) A $10 tip was like, shake the hand. Like, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. This is so nice. Um, But I had one guy order a pizza every single day. And he tipped me $10 every single time. And it was just, I think he like literally played video games in his house every day. He just got a pizza every day. He tipped (laughs) me $10 every single time. And I was like, every time I was like, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Hope you have a great day. What I do <laughs> now, like I, I've done this ever since I stopped being a pizza delivery driver ever since I made it to the NFL. Every single time it's a $100 bill. You just whatever the total was, you could keep the rest because like if I was a delivery driver, that was, that would have, I, I, I don't know what my head, my head would have popped off my body yeah. if somebody handed me a $100 bill when I was delivering pizza. So that's my thing now. It's a $100 bill every time.
2: Awesome. Well, number one, I want to thank you for taking the time, man. It's great to see you on television. Uh, obviously, I can't wait to see you go in the Hall of Fame. That's going to be pretty special. And we we didn't even get around to all your charitable stuff that's legendary, man. Thank you for what you do. And let me tell you something. As I we talked about early off the air, I know you fell in love with Arizona. You ain't going nowhere, brother. I know. I appreciate you guys.
3: Thank you guys for the entertainment. Truly, you guys are some of the best in the absolute business to do it. I love watching it. Everybody loves watching it. We're all extremely thankful for the entertainment, the laughs, the enjoyment. Um, so thank you guys for that. And Chuck, if you would stop ducking me on see, the golf see, course, I, I mean, knew I've been then. like two years. I've been <laughs> hey, trying to, hey. I've been like two years. I've been trying to get on the course. He's scared out of his mind, Ernie.
2: I'm better than him, Ernie.
3: I'm, I remember I'm when you would
2: think I'm Shaq the way it. he scared hey, me. I'm better than you. I'm better than you, JJ. There's only You're one, way, there's only one way to prove that, you. Chuckster. You guys, let's go. I can beat you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> I love that. Hey, man. No problem.
3: Hey, tell no you, problem. Tell I you, ain't playing for those Michael Jordan money, though. I heard no, no, I don't play for that him. either. I'm hey, tell your
2: that. brother. Please tell your brother to get well soon. Thanks, Thanks brother. Appreciate you.
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. What a good guest. He's a great guy. Love that. We got mm-hmm. much
2: more to come here on the Steam Room. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. A lot. It's got, it's, it's, I can't wait to get this. Thank you, for JJ, for being here.
1: Welcome back. Oh, yeah. To the Steam Room. Um, oh. Legendary. All I'm going to say is one word. Legendary. Then I'm going to say longtime producer, now retired, of Inside the NBA. Tim Kiley. Legendary. TK. What's up,
2: Timothy? Joining us. Proud Steeler fan. Yeah.
1: And look at those. I was trying to count at least nine Emmys. He's got in the bookcase back there, you know, that the-
4: That's because of you guys. I had all I did was set up the bowling pins. That's yeah. You guys have done the rest. I had a I had a comment and a question on Nick Saban cuz you guys were speaking so glowingly of him. Um, do you guys realize he just has 49 NFL number 1 picks?
2: 49. I, I only know that cuz I just saw it first round. Pick. Yeah, I just saw that. That's the wow. only reason I know it. Because I think uh, somebody had thirty six. Paterno was the next one on the list, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
4: he blew him out of the water. Yeah,
2: I was like, wow.
4: So, Chuck, what I heard you and I heard you guys talking in the break. Um, you seemed a little hesitant about who would take the Alabama job. I, the name I heard thrown around was the uh, D'Amico Ryan's.
2: I would love him to get that job, but you know, I, I'll say this: the SEC is going to be crazy. Man, we get Texas and Oklahoma next year I mean you think about this you got to beat Texas Oklahoma Georgia Alabama Tennessee's tough Auburn's on the uh, Auburn's trending up you got Florida who I uh, they, I think they're trending up no but, I mean that you try to go through that SEC I know. every week I, I, and I haven't even met did I mention Tennessee yeah you did I mean like the job, the SEC is gonna be crazy. Gonna be tough. Uh, if you're the guy following Nick Saban, well, it's gonna be tough. Man. But I'm saying, just from a comp- from a, a competition standpoint, yeah. You know, I mean, Texas was just in the playoffs. Yes, indeed. And they got Coach sark who's doing a fabulous job. You know, Oklahoma is still Oklahoma, and like I say, you can never sleep going to Florida or Tennessee or Auburn. I mean, because so Georgia—it's greatest Georgia, Tennessee again. The greatest Georgia was. And
1: once you've said a state three times, <laughs> it's time to move on. Okay, Nick? Okay. Okay.
2: Go ahead, TK. I'm being rudely <laughs> interrupted.
4: All right. I'm going to give you. How about I'm gonna give you I'll give you whatever information you need, er, Ernie, or er, Charles, and Ernie. One pick for this weekend's six games. You can go over/under. You can go point spread. Um, you just tell me who you think who you is going to win a game, and I'll give you the information, Chuck, if you want to, if you want to make a pick since you're such an accomplished gambler.
2: Uh, I'm all in on Dan Campbell and the Lions.
4: So you're giving three and
2: a half, and the over-under is 51.5. Yeah, like uh, Dan Campbell makes me want to play football. I, I love that guy. Obviously, the elephant in the room is Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit, but I'm a – you know, because I think my eagles are cooked. Uh, I do. I think my eagles are cooked. So I'm going to be really pulling hard for the Detroit Lions.
4: Hey, TK. The hat I'm wearing, right? Yeah, Steelers at Bills, yeah. Oof. The Bills are giving 10 points in a playoff game, too. Yeah, Chuck. I know. That
2: lets you know how bad y'all are, TK.
4: Oh, nice guy you are. Too bad TJ or JJ Watt wasn't on to hear that do one. Do
2: you have an over-under on that game?
4: Yes, I do, sir.
1: Thirty-five
2: point five. Oh, thirty-five. Thirty—that's over.
1: I'm taking the under in that you game. You what?
2: Do you know? I, I you know how bad you, the weather is up there in oh, Northeast right point. now?
1: What if it's really nasty in Buffalo? Well,
2: I've, I, it's going to be like nine degrees in Kansas City. I saw yeah. that.
1: Not like so. I'm going under on the on the Steelers. All right. Now what you got? <laughs> What's the store that that came into Leeds? where you
4: said we made it. We got we got a blank store. One was Bucky's,
1: but I know the one you're
2: talking about. (laughs) TK, I've gotten this text from 30 people this week. Let's play the clip for the people. Yeah, let's play the clip. Play
4: the clip for the people, and you can tell us about it, Chuck. Go ahead, Cap. Abby, roll it.
3: Man made quite a splash at a Bass Pro shop when he swam naked in a giant aquarium. Police say he crashed his car in the parking lot, took off all of his clothes, and went inside the shop in Leeds, Alabama. He jumped into the water yelling cannonball. After swimming for a few min- minutes, he jumped out the side of the aquarium, landing on the concrete floor where two police officers waited. He faces several charges, including public lewdness and criminal mischief.
1: I can't believe they didn't show the
2: clip, man. Hey, first of all, because uh, that's all over the place, too. I've had, seriously. I've had 30, 40 people. Cause that, that, At least, that's in my hometown. So we've had two big, brand new things happen in my hometown. First, it was the Bass Pro, which I went to the grand opening. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I can't believe all the crap they sell in Bass Pro. How was the swimming? Uh, I just <laughs> <right>. <laughs> then we just got the Buckies. Yeah, which is a Buc-ee, which is amazing. Yeah, but when I I was praying that I didn't know the person. That was my first thing. Please don't be from Leeds. I haven't found out the pertinent information yet. Mm-hmm. But like everybody was sending me that clip and all you can do is laugh.
1: See, one and one of the things, TK and Chuck, was that one of the things online was uh that it said it was in Birmingham. See uh, and and then, <laughs> and that prompted, <laughs> some, to pass that it prompted on. some responses and there was one <laughs> on the <set. laughs> Don't be rounding up and saying that was in Birmingham. <laughs> he said, that's an L for Chuck and all those folks in
2: Leeds. It's, a, it's definitely an L. <laughs> it's definitely an L for Chuck. Like, what are the chances in my little small hometown of a few thousand people when we were blessed to get a Bass Pro? We got a new outlet mall, too. Mm. And buckys is a new hot thing. Oh, yeah. And some loser, some fool, idiot, jumps in the pool naked. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm like, and you then, and then. <laughs> that's a pretty good fall too. <laughs> you can't even you can't even make this stuff up. Oh, man. But I'm, 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 I'm telling you something. The first thing I said in my mind was, "Please don't be from Leeds." Yeah. All right,
4: boys. Have a great weekend and go Steelers. Uh, take
2: it, the under. Take the under. It's gonna be snowing. Thanks, T. We'll run the ball. Hey, TK. Run the ball. You know what?
1: You're legendary. <laughs> Thank you, Ernie. You got it, kid. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Come and
4: join us in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room.
1: Welcome back to the steam room. Hey, that one. That one didn't have the. Uh... Your version uh, attached to it, unfortunately, but, yeah, yeah, that's, that's but really unfortunate changing things that, up a little really bit.
2: Really unfortunate. They didn't get to America, they didn't get to hear my voice. But, but you know what? You know our buddy Stav.
1: Yes. In Australia. Yes. Loyal Steamer, the first Loyal the first Steamer, one. yeah, uh, has a couple of sons, Oscar and Yunny. and wouldn't you know, he's got them singing the steam room theme. No way. Yeah. Watch.
2: Very That's so great. Very energetic hey, when they did that you know, we as got, well. I gotta go see Stav.
1: Yeah. Uh the uh, Chuck's answering machine. Uh the number is
2: 404-987-0330. <laughs> Bingo. Call one. Hello world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. How's it going, EJ? Round Mound. Hope everything is well in 2024.
4: This is Teddy, multiple-time caller and lifetime steamer. I'm going through one of the more uh, tough parts of my life, a a rough patch, if you will, that being I'm an Ohio State fan. And just to pour salt on the wounds and add insult to injury, I live in LaGrange Park, Illinois, which just also happens to be the hometown of newly minted savior and legend J.J. Uh, McCarthy of the Michigan Wolverines. But I wanted to talk college football before it gets too much in the rear view. What are your guys' thoughts on the new expanded playoff, 12
2: teams? Well, first of all, you guys, this is one of the reasons I hate Alabama fans. You guys had a great year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you – you almost beat Michigan, in fairness. So the notion that, you know, you're thinking about firing your coach because he's lost to Michigan a couple years in a row. The guy's like 35-3 and three the last three years. So relax, man. Relax a little bit. That was Michigan's first championship. They sp- In 97, they won, apparently, but that was a shared. It was really their first championship since 1946. If I remember correctly, didn't you guys win one a few years ago with Urban Meyer? So don't act like the cupboard's bare. Um, I have a couple issues with the playoff uh, personally. Uh, I think they got to find a way to shorten the season. I talked about it earlier on the podcast. We can't have young kids playing three extra football games. I'm curious to see how it's going to work. I think they got to find a way to shorten the season – and I hope everything works out.
1: I believe that uh, expanding it will relieve some of the, uh, you know, I don't even know the right word. To describe robbery it. of Florida yeah, State—that's yeah, I mean, the right word. Yeah, robbery. It'll, it'll it'll stop some of that, but I, I also think anytime you put a limit on how many teams can get in something, there's always going to be, hey, but how about us? You know, no, but but I but I do think that you'll get the most deserving teams in there and, and you, you won't have as much uh, as much belly aching. But how many games you want a, a team to play then
2: in a college football season before the bowls? Well, my question is, so if you win the championship, it's two games now. Is it one more game or two more games? That would be my question. Because now you plan an extra. So it's got to be at least three. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be four? I don't think it's fair to ask college kids to play that many games. Do you
1: have an issue with a guy calling you round mound when you really don't yeah.
2: know him? hey, my man, don't be calling me round mound. First of all, I'm not round mound anymore, but ease up on the round mound. <laughs> Next call. <laughs> an
1: inmate at the Calipatria State Prison, Calipatria, California. This
3: call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. To accept this call, say or dial 5 now. To refuse, hang up now or stay on the line for additional options.
2: Did, did we just get a call from prison? We did.
1: It had to be a wrong number, oh. wouldn't you think? Or, or maybe, I have no idea how that, how that happens. We got I, I, a call from a prison, but but there was nobody there to press five to accept the charges because it's Chuck's answering but machine. My, how they getting podcasts in prison? That's what I'm saying maybe it's a wrong number. Maybe they weren't listening to the podcast. No, no, no. Maybe they I, were I calling think, somebody. I, no,
2: I think what happened was they were actually they call, but that the the, the 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 answer machine is on like we don't have somebody answering the phone yeah. and they couldn't push or say anything but i'll be so that's my only that's what i think happened. i'm not i, I don't know but i'm because like say i didn't people people can listen to our podcast in prison well,
1: maybe it depends on the prison maybe it's a minimum security maybe it's a uh i don't you know i'm I Chuck, I got no idea. All I know is that we're very popular. That,
2: in, that was interesting. In prison. We're big in prison. Wow. Next. <laughs> Tough one to follow. <laughs>
1: hey, Chuck. Hey, Ernie. Loyal steamer from Southern California. This question's for
4: EJ. There are a lot of people on social media who have put Ernie on the short list of white people who are, quote-unquote, invited to the cookout. <laughs> These lists usually include names like Eminem or Martha Stewart and, of course, Ernie himself. So I'm curious, Ernie. Have you ever been invited to the
1: cookout? Thank you. It's it's just nice to know that I have an open invitation to the cookout. Um, you always got one. Remember yeah. when the guy thought you were black? Um, happens more than you think. <laughs> that question does come up. I love up. the
2: way you respond. is, you know, I'm just hanging out with my black friends. We're all black friends. Now, all... <laughs> I think
1: the way I, I addressed that one one night, that uh, and I said, look, somebody's asking the question. Is Ernie Johnson black or white? And
2: I said, the answer is yes. That's right. We'll be right back. Hey, so Eminem is still on my bucket list. I never met him. Uh-huh. I met Snoop Dogg, which was really cool. I met Dr. Dre way back in the day, but Snoop was on my bucket list, and so I at the All-Star game. So Martha Stewart, she's been doing these, these, these uh, I think they call them thirsty things when she take provocative pictures. Uh Thirst trap. Thank you. Uh, thirst traps. Your young kids be coming up with stuff. So Martha Stewart been uh, doing these thirst trap pictures, Ernie. You think that call was really from prison? It sounded like it. Yeah.
1: Where have you taken the show just now?
2: Because you, you, Martha Stewart and Eminem M. M. were invited to the cookout. Uh huh. But I was just saying, uh, uh, they just told me it's called a thirst trap. Martha Stewart been taking these thirst trap pictures lately. They are intriguing, I want to say. You have seen them. I have seen them. How could you describe them? Uh, I was thirsty. Uh, is it okay to go to good to good for the soul? Listen, you, have, you, you didn't like the thirst trap stuff? EJ's good for the soul. I think that would be a great way to end the show. Love that idea.
4: Good idea, Ernie, a toast. <laughs> To my big brother George.
2: So you got a lot to live up to. The last week with the firefighter was awesome. Yes, yes. And by the way,
1: this is what he sent you. By the way, thank you for reminding me. Oh, thank you. That kind of uh, good for the soul came from a letter that I had received with you know somebody requesting autographed. Cards and you autographed the cards, and then he included the letter. Yes, uh, about the fire and how you concerned you were with uh, my neighbors. uh, Yeah, with your neighbors after a fire four or five years ago. So, what comes in the mail to me the other day is this collection of bow ties. This is like a vintage collection of these. It's like. Just bow ties from Wait, years ago. Do those a lot things of clip, have clips? A lot of these are clip-ons. Oh yeah, my. they they are, as a matter of fact. That's
2: what I actually had when I had a bow tie. Yeah. And so, I so said, this is
1: interesting. And, um, and so, the letter is from a woman named Sandra, who says, um, my World War II veteran And best dad on the planet, passed away in his 90s. He barbered until he was in business. He was in business for 61 years. Uh, He finally retired, moved to live with me in Florida, finally got him to love NBA basketball as much as I did. He just fell in love with the Miami Heat. We watched the NBA on TNT postgame shows, and he so loved your bow ties. I'm sending you a box of his bow ties, I'm sure he would be happy about that. Um, That's awesome. That's good for the soul. For somebody um, to remember her late father and kind of make the tie-in between... You know, our show and seeing the bow ties I've been wearing for a dozen years or so and say, you know what? What am I gonna do with these bow ties? I'm gonna send them to that guy who wears the bow ties on That's TNT, M two. Cool. And he's so, a veteran, huh? Yeah. He passed away in his in his nineties. Here's a here's a shot. Thanks for being a veteran, man. Yeah. So his name is Alan. Call him Allie apparently. And this is from his daughter, Sandra. So it has arrived. Thank you very much. That's I awesome, appreciate it. Very kind of you. Good for my soul. It is good. So there you go. That's a, that's another edition, another episode of the Steam
2: Room. Yes. Um, this was a good one.
1: They're they're all good in their yeah. own way, in, in my it, opinion. I had a good time today. Even though you took that very strange Martha Stewart turn right down the I stretch. Mean, you,
2: you brought it up that y'all can go to the I cookout. I, I know, but I didn't bring up. The thirst trap. Yeah. Ernie, you get thirsty sometimes.